0: Welcome to episode 106 of Together BHA. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody out there uh, that kind of celebrates the holiday. Uh, We are recording this on December 27th. So we have had Christmas Day with our Boxing Day and we're now sitting here pretty on a Sunday uh, on December 27th um, at about noon-ish Eastern Time, so about five o'clock in the UK. and, you know, the Christmas season is, is becoming the end uh, of Christmas, and we're getting close to New Year now, uh, where I suspect celebrations will not quite be what they used to be. Uh, I was supposed to go to this banging wedding on New Year's Eve, which, of course, has been cancelled. Uh, but I do have some shiny new Brighton merch uh, from Christmas Day, thanks to the lovely wife, Um Got a nice little street sign uh, for the Amex Stadium. Got some uh, some banging pictures that you can see on my Twitter timeline of, of Bruno and the Amex. Um, got a nice hoodie from Brighton as well. Uh, and then some some unbelievably cool uh, Slate beer mats. Um, courtesy of PlaybookProducts.com. Um, my wife knocked it out of the park with these bad boys there. Slate Coasters... Um, and what they do is they they kind of etch um, four uh, different plays onto them. So the four plays uh, on the on the slate mats here are uh, you know Murray's goal against what, Manchester United, um, Jimmy Case uh, in the in the FA Cup semi final, um, and and a couple of others, uh, Knockouts against Palace. Um, I can't remember which the other one is, but. They are awesome, Um, really, really cool. Uh, They have not paid me a penny, obviously. This is just a Christmas present from the wife uh, to promote their product, but I'm going to because it's fabulous. So definitely check them out uh, if you want some really cool shit. Um, in terms of Albion and, and presence, they may well be providing. Uh, it looks like Jacob Moda is, is absolutely coming back to the Albion now. Uh, Potter talks about him having an instant impact. Uh, Polish midfielder looked pretty good uh, whenever the Albion fans have managed to catch him playing for Poland. Um, however, you know, how he adapts to the Premier League remains to be seen. Uh, Alexis McAllister has not done as good a job as we hoped. Um, not only that, but who will he be replacing? Um, will he be the player that we we hope kind of fills in for for Adam Lalana uh, because we, we it's becoming pretty clear that Lalana is not someone who can play you know 90 minutes very often at all uh he was taken off at half time today uh, from what I can gather or guess um was to preserve him for Arsenal so will this be the man that will be you know providing that? that replacement and that rotation for him uh in a slightly more reliable way than than alzate perhaps uh or or is this uh being done um as a precautionary measure due to the basuma rumors um he's been rumored for interest in arsenal real madrid manchester united liverpool uh manchester city We've had just about every big-name club under the sun uh, supposedly taking a look at him today. Um, in the papers all week, really, have been talking about it. So, it remains to be seen uh, as, to, as to what happens with Bissouma and his future. Uh, if we continue to play poorly uh, and continue to wallow and perhaps sink into the relegation zone, uh, you know he may well want to uh, move on while his stock is high. Uh, as opposed to risk, you know, getting hurt perhaps in the next six months and, and ending up having to play championship football, um, which is something I'm sure a player of his caliber uh, would not want to do. Um, you know, just take a look at Ismaili um, who is stuck at Watford now. Uh, he's scoring goals. He's playing well. But, you know, he's he was a £50 million pound winger. And, and I suspect there's not many teams would pay that much for him anymore um, or, even, or even keeping that much of an eye on him right now. So... <laughs> something he would probably want to keep an eye on. Uh, he is only young so you know he's got a long long career ahead of him hopefully uh, and, and honestly hopefully it's mostly for us. Um, but we've got a lot of work to do to keep someone like that happy uh, because he's just been fabulous this year. In other news uh, the southeast and, the, and London are, are into tier four of uh, the the coronavirus measures now from Boris Johnson so back behind closed doors going forward. For any uh, football games in the future. So it's a bit of a shame. uh, You know, uh, the sooner fans come back, the better. Uh, But, you know, there is an end in sight. I've said this already. Um, The vaccines are starting to be rolled out rather quickly now. Uh, And I'm sure, you know, by the time next season rolls around, we'll probably start looking at at pretty full stadiums again. So thank goodness. Um, But... You know, in these trying times, uh, we do need some good news. Um, and the Tarek Lampty Foundation is something I did not know about until this week. Uh, he sent over just so much stuff uh, to, to areas of Ghana um, that needed it. Uh, Tarek Lampty, you know, he's 20 years old himself. Uh, and and he obviously doesn't forget his roots. Uh, Born and bred in London, but obviously a Ghanaian background. Um, and he has already done a great job you know service to those people um it's so nice to see people like him and rashford uh these young young players coming through with with such influence in the game um you know pushing what they believe is the right thing to do with their money and their influence um and you know it's it's wonderful so hopefully he will continue to do so now onto the game itself um, the Albion, you know, we came into this one against West Ham on a pretty poor run. Uh, West Ham have been on a pretty good run this year. Um, you know, we've we've had a, a West Ham side that are, I believe, have got their best points total in quite some time um, at this time of year, going into this this kind of stretch. Um, but. These two sides do love a draw, uh, as we as we know. Uh, our last three games have been 3-3, 1-1, and 2-2. Um, and we came into the game with a lineup that, that once again, people were unable to predict or, or know how it was going to be set out. Um, would it be a 4-4-2? Would it be a 3-5-2? 5-2-3? Um, the, the, you know, we we dropped Aaron Connolly from the squad altogether, uh, and we brought in Dan Byrne, um, which was a random one indeed. Uh, we took out Joel Veltman as well. Um, so you know, it was it was it, it was a little strange. We we didn't know what was going to be going on. And for the opening fifteen minutes, it looks like we started with a with a pretty standard four four two. Byrne and White at left back, at right back and right back respectively. Um, before we went, of course, to to kind of the standard three at the back after about 15 minutes in. Um, ben White was asked to play right wing back, which he did, I thought, pretty well. Um, and, and Solly March obviously slotted into to his kind of natural left wing back position at this point. Uh, I thought we looked better like it. I really did. Um, you know, I think Lalana and Bissouma are much more comfortable in the middle with that back five behind them. Um, and Trossard, you know, Mopi and Welbeck up front as a front three kind of roaming across that front three area. So West Ham uh, came out looking to fight fire with fire, going three at the back for the first time in a while with, with Johnson on his debut and, and Sofal on the wing uh, aiming to pin us back. And, and frankly, they failed miserably for the first 45 minutes. Um, they were just... Awful to watch. Negative, anti-football, David Moyes-type stuff. Um, It was just bad, bad football. Um, You know, after the first half was over, we had 62% possession, um, nine shots to their three. Uh, None of their three were on target either. Uh, We had an 85% pass accuracy rate with eight Key passes. Um, in fact, the only thing West Ham did better on the stat sheet, uh, as Andy Naylor tweeted at halftime, uh, was was they won more corners than us. Uh, but thankfully, they did absolutely nothing with them. It was it was insane how how wasteful they were uh, against a team that are of course known uh, to to not be very good at set pieces. Um, and funnily enough, and ironically, they were able to to capitalise on that in the second half. So. Quite why they took so much time to do that is wild. Um, however, halftime came along. We were 1-0 up. Uh, and goal number one came along at just the right time. Just before halftime. Uh, we worked hard. We've worked hard all game really at this point. Uh, there was a good ball out. Dropped out to burn. Um, he looked offside to me in the immediate moment. Um, replays showed he was played very very much onside by by Ogbonna, uh in the middle of the park. He played a really good low pass in, very accurate to Neil Mopai, uh, who tried to make something work, a bit, bit of a scramble. Um, or it finally fell back to Neil, who who spins, twists uh, in pretty classic Neil Mopai fashion um, and gets it into the back of the net. Fabianski had no chance. Uh, he didn't see where the ball was coming from, I don't think, at that point. Uh, and there we go. 1-0. Um, we absolutely deserved it. Hard work pays off. Relief for Neil Mopai, I'm sure. Uh, over 600 minutes without a goal. Uh, and a well-deserved lead for Brighton and Albion going into the break. Uh, we, you know, we had done everything right. It had been pretty much a classic Brighton game, right? We had been all over them uh, and failed to score. Except this time we, we were successful in that final, <laughs> you know, that final all-important target, which is which is getting the ball across the line. Um However, at halftime, there was a lot of movement from West Ham United. Uh, Moise decided to change it up. Lanzini on, Yarmolenko on, Bowen off, Noble off. Uh, West Ham United fans must have been wondering, frankly, why they didn't start with this eleven. It was much, much better from them uh, in the second half as a whole and, and actually made a real game of it. Uh, you know the differences was pretty pretty stark. Uh, Albion ended with fifty point four percent possession in the second half. Uh, West Ham had four shot uh, eight shots to our four. Um, we were now the ones struggling to to get a shot on target. We only had one in four. Um, however, key for us was it was the goal. Uh, our pass accuracy shrank uh, down from eighty five percent to seventy seven percent. Our key passes shrank from eight to two. Uh, And at that point we could kind of sense the the turn of the tide and it it came with the second goal of the game. Um, Ball came into the box, poorly defended, as per usual. Uh, All defenders scrambling as as Yarmolenko manages to get the ball back to Johnson on his debut, who inevitably puts it into the back of the net. Um, The manner of the goal was surprising and yet not surprising. Um, We had five or more players in the box as the ball went in, big players, Uh, and Yarmolenko managed to outpower them all to retain that ball. Um, Questionable at best, the fact that he managed to do that uh, with little to no challenge from the Albion. And then Sanchez, um, what was he doing exactly for the goal in general? Um, He scrambled out so far. You're a tall, rangy goalkeeper. Um, You have four or five defenders in front of you. If you had stayed on your line you may have been in a position to tip that over the bar or make a save in general. Um, it, was a, it was a really poor decision from Sanchez to come out like that. Uh, it was just, I don't understand uh, what, co- what quite went through his head um, when that happened. Thankfully for us, uh, it did not take too long. About 10 minutes later, we were able to answer back with the third goal of the game. Uh, and ironically, we managed to score from a set piece. Um, Lewis Dunk scored from a corner Um, unbelievable can't believe it, we scored from a set piece in general it's just madness Uh, and it was a short corner of all things Um, I had been rolling my eyes at two men over a corner uh, all game and it ended up being the the thing that did the job Uh, they were not expecting the short corner uh, and the immediate kind of cross in from a slightly better angle Dunk bundled it in uh, powered it into the back of the net Handball check the var uh, what else is he supposed to do in that situation um I goal given uh don't ruin it you know what I mean like I, I couldn't see really any reason why why dunk could uh, have had that taken away it would have been unbelievable um if he'd have had it took away and we're now kind of just sat there hoping we've got 15 20 minutes to go uh let's let's hope that Albion don't throw it away. Um, and unfortunately 12 minutes later we threw it away, of course um, and of course it came from a set piece Right? Uh, it was a collection of errors um, from, from all the way through, but first and foremost, Mr. Lewis Dunk uh, it a goal and taketh away uh, his job at that corner was not to man mark anybody um, if you watch the cornerback it's pretty clear he, he had no marking job to do um, his job was to head the ball away in that first third of the goal mouth Um, and he failed awfully. Um, There was no reason for him to fail. Uh, He's not a bad header of the ball. We know this. Um, He should have just popped that out pretty comfortably. Um, However, he did not. He let it brush his head uh, and enabled Suchek to to pop the ball in the back of the net. Um, That individual error was so bad. There was no reason for him to make a mistake that badly. Now... The other two people at fault, of course, because uh, it wasn't all Lewis Dunk's fault, um, his, his error means to me, like, if he wouldn't have screwed that up, the other two people who arguably could have been at fault, um, you know, they, it wouldn't have been relevant because we'd have got the ball away. Uh, however, Ben White... He did have a man-marking job. His man-marking job was to mark Suchek, uh, which he didn't do. He allowed him to just cruise straight past him and pop the ball in the back of the net. Uh, what Ben White was doing um, is totally unknown to me. It was just appalling. Um, and not only that, but Sanchez. Now, this is an interesting conversation. Sanchez is a big goalkeeper. Uh, we know this. Everybody's very happy that he's in there now and not short Ryan. Um, But Sanchez did not come and collect the ball. Uh, There was no real reason for him not to collect the ball, right? You'd think a big, tall goalkeeper would come out and get that ball. Um, But he didn't. And I think it comes back to something I I shared with you all a couple of weeks ago when talking about Matt Ryan at set pieces. Uh, I think his job was to stay on the line. I think that is his primary job, is to stay on the line and collect the ball or save the ball uh, as and when it's coming towards the goal, if possible. Uh, and rely on your centre-halves and your, your players to do their job to to save it. Now, to me, that obviously isn't working. Because it didn't work for Ryan and it hasn't worked for Sanchez. If he'd have came out and punched that ball away before it got to dunk or just after dunk, you know, Suchet wouldn't have scored the goal, but he did. Um, and it ends 2-2. Uh, the game-changing moment was, to me, undoubtedly, Adam Lalana off and Alzate on. Um... I I don't think Alzate is a bad player. I like him a lot. Uh, But I don't think he plays very well as a replacement for Lallana. I think he plays best alongside him. Um, uh, You know, I think a midfield three of Lallana, Alzate and Bissouma is is superb. I think once you get Lallana off the pitch, it is very apparent how much leadership is coming through him in general. Um, Which leads me to discuss the transfer in general, really. What... Was it worth it? The, the team we are when Lalana is playing is, is an excellent team. The team we are when Lolana goes off is a shell of what the team was when Lalana's on. The fact that he cannot play enough games at this point because he's too injury prone. Was it worth signing him on for £70,000 a week, making him the highest paid player at the club? for a player that can take so much away when he's not playing. Um to me I understand why they did it. Uh but in hindsight what he takes away from the team when he comes off the pitch is more than what he gives when he's on it. And that's that's worrying <laughs> to me. Um and that's what makes me think, you know, as I said earlier on in the podcast is is Modo going to be that that man that, that that kind of tries to dampen that effect uh, when it happens? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> um, player stats. So, looking at the players in general, um, let's take a look at the good, uh, the bad. Um, And then the man of the match, of course, um, and a couple of other comments that I have, Uh, the good Adam Lallana, Um, you know, first half only, but two key passes, uh, three tackles, one clearance. Um, And it comes back to that question, are we better off with or without him? Um, Would we would we be a better side if we never signed him just simply because we, we we are so poor when he goes off the pitch? Um, I think it's an interesting topic uh, and one that will be probably have a lot of people going, what are you talking about? Of course, we're better off with him because he does well. Uh, but that impact when he leaves the pitch uh, is so stark. It's, it's worrying. Um, elsewhere on the good, Trossard, uh, two shots, three key passes, um, our best creator by far. Um, however, I will acknowledge that's still not all that great. Um, he ended the day with a 0.19 expected goal assists. Um, what that means is uh, he he was expecting to make 0.19 goals uh, off of his key passes. Um, not the best in the world, obviously, pretty poor. Uh, but in perspective, uh, the second best player in the team was well back at 0.06. Um, Trossard looked like the kind of player that was probably going to create something from nothing uh, once Lolana went off. Um, And, you know, from those corners, he was actually putting in some pretty good balls as well. Neil Mopai as well. uh, Saw a lot of people saying he was awful today other than the goal. Um, I thought he was pretty good, actually. I thought he was our best attacking player today for sure. Um, He did have the highest expected goals. Uh, He did score a goal. Uh, He had three shots, which is first in, in amongst the team or joint first rather he had one on target joint most he won two fouls uh, in in half decent areas which was joint most as well um and worked hard to just disrupt breakup play uh, he played a couple of great balls in um to to welbeck i th- i thought he was i thought he did a good job um and you know that goal was something he desperately needed and also Bisuma. Um, as I've been saying, I, I think he probably will go sooner rather than later. I think he's too good. Um, I think he's grown so exponentially under Potter. Uh, three tackles, one interception, four clearances. Uh, our most prolific and best player de- uh, defensively by a mile. Um, and then he also had an 84% pass accuracy. Uh, he had the third most amount of passes in the entire squad today. Uh, and, you know, 84% of them were spot on. Uh, one key pass, three successful dribbles, uh, which was the, the joint most, or rather the most, actually, uh, in the entire team. Bissouma is just something else. Uh, he is continuing to grow further and further into this team. And it's a shame he's not an attacker-attacker. Um, because he's the kind of player that would single handedly uh, keep us in the division if he was if he was uh, if we could sign someone as good as Besuma up front, we comfortably stay up, uh, and that's you know that's a recruitment team problem. So we shall see if they do anything in January. Uh, the bad. So to be honest, Sanchez, um, his distribution was shocking. Uh, at times. 57% pass accuracy, uh, 25 long ball attempts, uh, and only 8 on target. Uh, there was 1 or 2 wayward balls giving them genuine dangerous attack chances on the break. Um, highly questionable decision for the first goal, um, and then stayed on his line for the second. Uh, people this season would be crucifying Matt Ryan for these errors, so I think we absolutely should be holding this man accountable for these, these issues too. Um, he's young. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of uh, learning to do. Um, but to think he's the answer to everything with, with Matt Ryan being poor this year, uh, I think today should be a wake up call to everybody um, that he, you know, he, he had a poor game today um, and he needs to continue to work hard. Uh, And to think he's the number one option, uh, without a doubt, I think that needs to be looked at. Um, If Ryan absolutely is no longer a part of this team, um, you know, there needs to be a discussion as to whether we need to bring in a reinforcement or not. Um, We shall see. On the other hand, uh, just kind of additional comments on players. Lewis Dunk, uh, one of our most dangerous players today, scored the goal, uh, looked solid at the back when defending, but then let down by the huge error that cost us the goal. Um, it was a weird one for him. It was a weird day at the office. He was so good, but but that one moment cost us the entire, you know, two points. So it was a strange one. Uh, man of the match flow, uh, Solly Marsh. Solly March for me. Uh Honestly thought it was a bit harsh. He didn't get an assist for Dunk's goal. Um, was joint first with Mopie for shots. Was joint first with Mopi for shots on target. Uh, was joint first with Neo Mopi for fouls one as well. Uh, defensively, he made two interceptions, a clearance and a block shot. Um, Solly is continuing to grow into a very valuable player at wing back slash winger on that left-hand side. The growth this kind of past calendar year, especially since the lockdown, has just been insane. Um, you know, he's very quickly becoming one of our better players. Um, and to me, like, like I said last week, that's kind of worrying because I think we need to be signing better players. Um, but still, uh, he is undoubtedly a bright spot um, in, in this season for sure. Um, and, you know, I think that he is one of those players that, if we get relegated, won't go anywhere um, and, and would be probably be a pretty influential and, and incredibly dangerous player at championship level uh, this, you know, this coming summer. Um, I think he could, you know, influence games in the way Knock Art used to. Uh, genuinely, he is he is come on in leaps and bounds and. Um, Next week, or rather next week, two days from today, uh, Arsenal, Arsenal next. Uh, so they will be tomorrow. If you're re- if you're listening to this, the day it drops, it they will be playing tomorrow. Um, they just come back from a three win, win three one win over Chelsea, but they're not very good away from home uh they are they're poor form away from home two wins one draw four losses uh albion are no better obviously at home um no wins um since we last played them on one two one uh four draws three losses um a win puts us back on our one point per game schedule and on target with what we need to be doing um a loss and and i think we're really seeing it begin to spiral uh, because we have Wolves and Manchester City coming after, uh, two games you'd expect to probably not take anything from. Um, and, you know, at that point you start wondering how bad this kind of drop into the bottom three is going to get. Um, it's interesting uh, because when you talk about kind of first 11s that you expect to see in that game, uh, it's always tough because Potter plays. You know, whoever he wants, whenever he wants, uh, and the idea is that Potter doesn't know what his best eleven is. Um, I was thinking about this last night, and and I've decided uh, that I believe that Potter does have a best eight, uh, not best eleven, but a best eight. Um, I think he is very happy with Sanchez in goal right now, um, so that's one. And I think he is very happy with this lineup. If he if he had a fully fit team every day and could pick it from everyone in the squad. I think he is always going to have these other players on the team sheet, no doubt. Solimarch at left wing back, White Duncan, Webster, Lampty, Lalana, and Basuma. I am absolutely sure that is his best eight right now. Sanchez, March, White Duncan, Webster, Lampty, Lalana, Basuma. His issue is that he doesn't know what his best front three is. Uh, and to be honest, I don't blame him because I don't either. Um, I think Mopai is one of those three, no doubt about it, every time. Um, but the rest of them I haven't got a clue um, and I think that's something that reflects on the recruitment job that we've talked about before that I think they've done a, cred- a really poor job at um, but in general I, th- I think that is his best eight uh, it's, it's just a case of what he does with that attacking group and it shows frankly we're not scoring enough goals um, and, and they're not putting the ball away when we create it Uh, that 8 that I was talking about are creating a lot of chances for that front 3 and those front 3 are not scoring them Um, so it shows and and it's a shame Um, so I will be back in a couple of days time of course to take a look at the Arsenal game Um, please do head over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever uh, and leave some positive reviews Uh, haven't had any reviews for a while so if you could leave any reviews I would love it helps with the old algorithms and stuff um, so I would really appreciate that if you could head over and, and give me some reviews on, on the old iTunes devices. Um, and I think I'll be sending an end-of-year survey as well uh, just to see what you've liked on the podcast, what you don't like, and, and what changes we could make to, to make this podcast better, uh, as I'm always trying to do. So uh, have a good next couple of days, uh, and we will talk again uh, very soon, actually, with, uh, with an Arsenal recap. So be safe, enjoy yourself, and speak soon.